From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the TAG Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be Tuning in tonight and listening to the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from a beautiful evening in Palm Springs, California. Uh, I'll be doing the show solo tonight because I understand my co-host is in hibernation, but uh, I'm kidding. (laughs) From that beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh joining me tonight. Oh, Stephen, you thought you were going to hibernate. That is not happening, my friend. I know that your development camp coverage is over. It's over. But but, but mine is not. And unfortunately, we have uh, a show every Thursday night that we must do together. So how are you? I'm good. Well, I mean, I I could come out of hibernation for one day a week, I guess. (laughs) Um, I'm doing fine. Uh, Yes, it's... uh, it's a exciting time, I guess. Uh, the the development camps are going on, and and everything that's surrounding it. By the way, uh, uh, just as I thought, maybe social media was going away. Uh, this new threads thing is uh, popping up quite a bit. So uh, maybe you got to get on the we got to get on the threads uh, uh, lifestyle here and start. Uh, I don't know. What, what, Twitter, I have tweet, no idea you, what you're you, talking about. Twitter, what is that? You tweet so threads you. You thread stuff. I don't know. It's a it's it's a new social media platform that's through Instagram. Uh, they've set up kind of a thing to kind of mimic uh, uh, Twitter a little bit to kind of give Twitter a run for its money. Yeah, well, maybe they need to after all the things that were happening with Twitter over the last week or so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much. So it 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 seems interesting. So we'll we'll work on that. But yeah, uh, hibernation's still on hold for a couple of more days. Uh, we'll get more days. No, my friend, you are not hibernating at have, all. I'm going to put out a poll. I, I don't know. Maybe if the thread says a poll or Twitter, whatever. Uh, if I sh- if, if if Steven should be able to go into summer hibernation. I'll, I'll put it out there and I'll already answer it. No. 
Um, <laughs> there's way too much hockey to talk about. You know, tomorrow my schedule I sent you to you. I will be uh, in Irvine at Great Park Ice for uh, the uh, scrimmage, and I think it's three on three, which is going to be a lot of fun with the uh, the Ducks uh, development camp. Then I'll bounce over to uh, El Segundo. Uh, to the uh, Toyota Performance Center and see the Kings in the afternoon. So, quite a day tomorrow. Is there anyone that has a helicopter oh, that can fly me say, from Irvine to uh, say, El Segundo? You're going to have your private helicopter waiting for you there. I may need one. I may very well need one. Uh, I've not driven that on a Friday lately. Um, it might be a challenge, but maybe, we'll find out. Maybe it's people are still in holiday mode and the, the roadways won't be as is, can be in Southern California. Yeah, or maybe they're going the other direction. Yeah, that ain't happening. They go every direction. You need to go diagonally. <laughs> there is no direction in LA. It's it's either in and out or in and out and around. It doesn't matter. They're always busy. So anyway, so that'll be uh, your, that thing. You had a chance to uh, to check out the Vegas Golden Knights, the Stanley Cup champion development camp. Um, and, and you saw some interesting stuff, including I heard 500 ticketed people watching a scrimmage today yeah they they did that for the final scrimmage they let only allowed the uh, season ticket members to come and watch so uh, i guess the number was 500 i, I think i think sin been through that around so um it seemed about 500 uh, most of the seats and most of the, the bleachers were or bleachers or the most of the seats in the uh, city national were full uh, so that was good. Uh, Lucky was there. The town crier was there. Pizza was there. So it was a good time for those that were able to attend this uh, this uh, ticket event for uh, season ticket members. So uh, Thursday afternoon. I mean, Thursday don't people afternoon. have jobs? No, they they're in summer. <laughs> they're in summer <laughs> Oh, crazy, crazy. They're all waiting for those championship rings to be brought around uh, Vegas and all of that. A couple so, days after a holiday, maybe people had this whole week off. Maybe you know, so it's uh, yeah. It, I want that job if you get a whole week holiday. Yeah, I know. I'm. That's why I'm looking forward to having this whole this whole month <laughs> off. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, did I tell you that uh, last night we had the uh, the podcast as a course and. Yeah. There's 45 days until um, Liberty takes to the ice for tryouts. I know, so I got to get it in now. Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get it in. I'm sorry, my friend. That's not happening. Anyway, um, so you had a chance to talk to a couple of players. Um, it, and it, it's interesting because one of the players you talked to um, played for uh, Anchor or uh, Fairbanks, Fairbanks yeah. at the uh, NCAA level. And uh, was I think he's going? Is he not going to North Dakota this year for his he, last year? He is. Yes, he's going to North Dakota. I asked him about that uh, during the video. That's uh, that's the full version that will be up at some point uh, when we get everything together. But um, but yes, he is going there uh, after spending three seasons at the uh, University of Alaska Fairbanks. Um, he, I think he's got. I think in the video I said he had two years, one year of eligibility. He might have two years left. I'm not sure. I think he's got two. I think he might get the fifth year, yeah, if he wants to choose, if he, if he chooses to take it. But one year was a COVID year. Fairbanks didn't play that year, so there, they, they, so he was there four years, but one of them was COVID, so he only played three actual years there, and uh, so he he might have an extra year there if he chooses it. But but I, what I found out was interesting is uh, this was his first uh, NHL development camp that he attended, so. Um, what better yeah. way to come to the Stanley Cup champs? Uh, yeah, we can't argue with that. Nice guy, oh. though. I, I really enjoyed talking to him, and and uh, 
And uh, yes, very polite, very he, smart he, young he fellow. Remember, God, so people do remember you. You make an, yeah. you make an impact. I make an impact everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> and as long as we're talking about NCAA here for a moment, big announcement yesterday that uh, Arizona State making the jump to be the ninth team in the CHC. Um, yeah, by the way. Yeah, we uh, we kind of anticipated that about mm, three years ago, four years ago. Um, that's why we cover the NCHC and the NCAA side of thing. Um, well, pretty we much, were hopeful uh, that Arizona State would be part of this group of uh, other schools that would make that jump to be make their own conference, a West-based conference. But now that hasn't come to fruition. So Arizona State now gets this invitation, the NCHC, which is a great conference. I mean, you and Paul cover college hockey up, up and down and sideways, so you know it better than most of anybody, and uh, you know how great that conference is. It's obviously we got to partner with them, the NCHC on the college side. So. Um, yeah, one. absolutely. And we added two teams uh, this year. So uh, we have uh, Denver, Colorado College. We added North Dakota and Omaha to our coverage area this year. So we got four out of the uh, current eight. And now we'll have, uh, of course, the Arizona State Sun Devils. So that's that's a season away. It's not this upcoming season. It's yeah, like yeah. The 24-25 season when that takes place. Correct, yep. So July 1st of 2024 is when they become an official member. So interesting. So that was a nice little uh, Zoom press conference we had yesterday with Coach Powers and the powers that be at the NCHC, Heather Weems, Michael uh, Weissman, and, of course, Frank Ferrara and Ray Anderson at um, Arizona State. So that was fun. I had a chance to talk a little hockey with them as well on that. And um, while we were doing that, you were at development camp. And as you mentioned, you've got uh, some clips that uh, we're going to play for you right now. And then we'll uh, we'll tell everybody to go to the YouTube page later on this week when uh, we'll have the full interviews up for you. Um, so let's start. Let's start with uh, Brendan Brisson, who I said, Man, he's a veteran of development camps. Am I right? Yes, yes. He's uh, he's become quite a veteran uh, of camps of, of development camp. He's been in the organization for a bit now. Obviously, he's he's in the state. It seems like now in Henderson and one of the leaders of the of the uh, camp now. And uh, and that was pointed out during the camp by uh, some of the personnel people for the Golden Knights that um, this is an opportunity for him to have that kind of leadership role in in this camp with some of the younger guys that have come in and it's their first time or whatever so uh great he talked uh for a few about uh four or five minutes to the assembled media that had attended day this was from day one so there was a uh but uh the clips that you're going to hear are, are specific to questions i had a chance to ask him during that scrum so that's what we're gonna hear right now all right let's do it so, uh, like Brian Craig now the head coach and yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I found out yesterday or the day before, and you know, I was really excited. Uh, obviously, it's been really successful his six years here in uh, Vegas, and uh, you know, just being there at the press conference, you know, seeing him talk about his family and his goals for next year and how important it is for him, uh, you know, re really motivated me too going into the year. You know, if I if I do start off there, you know, I, it's going to be a really good place to be with him uh, behind the bench yeah for sure I mean uh just you know a kid anymore going into my first dev camp last year first main camp first rookie camp first year pro so now I kind of know what it takes what it what to expect and uh you know like me looking in at this time last year I have a lot different mindset than I do now. you know uh, pro hockey is a lot different than it was when I was playing in Michigan or years before that so uh you know just working on my overall game 
know, defensively and all that and uh, working on my skating and my first few straps. I'll have a big summer and, uh, you know, it's not going to be my first anymore. So it's good to have that year and all that behind me. Do you watch the draft still? I mean, do you see the guys that got drafted, especially the guys that you played with in Michigan? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I always like to watch the draft, you know, uh, just see all the young talent coming into the league. And uh, I had some buddies like uh, Adam Fantilli, he went third to Columbus, so I was happy for him. And Gavin Brindley also went to Columbus. And uh, just getting to know Eddie Edstrom, uh, you know, he's a really good guy. The first time I saw him on the ice, you know, he looked really good. And, uh, you know, uh, excited to have him in the organization. That's what always brings back memories from your draft, right? Yeah, yeah. Draft. yeah, it does. It kind of fires me up that I had it online, though, not in person. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, no, it definitely brings back good memories. I wish mine was in person. Yes, that is some interesting, really <laughs> good questions there, Steve. Well, well. One of the, the, the one of the, the uh, uh, to Brendan Brisson, who uh, um, obviously is uh, is an experienced vet now, if we can say that at development camp. Yes, yes, uh, experienced vet uh, at development camp. Uh, I, I had. Yeah, I'm, I'm drifting in with my mic again, I, I, <laughs> or my headset, I should say. So hopefully, I can continue to hear what you're saying. <laughs> you're, a little, you're a little choppy. I think I got you now. now but okay. Hold on a minute. I don't yeah, know what's I mean, going on here. <laughs> uh, anyways, well, I'll just talk about so, uh, yeah, technology is just uh, a wonder sometimes. <laughs> what a great way okay. to start off the new season. Try it again. Let's see if I can hear you. <laughs> great way to start off the new season of the Pro Hockey West Report with the technical issues. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, Brendan, Brendan uh, again, this is – I had I, I, I had remembered – after the fact, I mean, I kind of, I kind of remembered it, but it did provide a funny moment about his draft experience because it was during COVID. And I'm like every other word. Uh, apparently, I can hear you, but I can't. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so I'll just go. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of cool for that. And then, or you know, he kind of said it fired him up because uh, it doesn't. Um, it, it was online, and he didn't have the in-person experience, so that was kind of a funny moment. The one question that wasn't mine was uh, that he answered was about his dev camp experience. That was from Jesse Granger, the athletic, who was there too, and and so that was his answer about him coming into dev camp again, and and now he's he's had a couple of these under his belt, but uh, but yeah, I thought uh, it seems like every year he's getting um, he's improving certainly on the ice, but just the way he presents himself and and uh, and he he seemed to love you know he you could just see him throughout the week and the days that I was there checking it out, just him interacting with the other. Uh, members and and uh, maybe taking on that little bit of that leadership role that um, you you would see uh, from him and which you want to see because uh, you know he's 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 he is more experienced now he's got a full pro season under his belt um, they're still pretty high on him um, you know in in his in his uh, progression uh, it, it maybe an opportunity down the road to maybe get a spot on the big club but uh, so let let me ask you this um, you talk about his progression on the ice and his uh, his demeanor and uh, the way he carries himself, but he looks to me in your clip, and I have the video side of it, so I can tell you he, he looks like he's gotten a little bit bulkier. Is that a fair assessment, Stephen? Yes, that would be a fair assessment uh, as well to say that. Um, he it seems like obviously that's been an emphasis over the last couple of uh, summers or different seasons is to to stay in shape and and uh, in the conditioning and and to bulk up a little bit on that front um the henderson staff i believe has 
they have a really good uh, strength and conditioning uh, people and, and guy and, and and so so I'm sure he works with him and and just some stuff in the in the offseason. Plus, as you go through these camps, you kind of learn about um, nutrition stuff and and I'm sure he's and how to cook. <laughs> yes, and how to cook and stuff. Um, which I didn't ask much about that with the players. I didn't ask much about the off, off stuff with the cooking and stuff. That was a, that was a big storyline last year with the, with with the people because somebody was talking about that and it became kind of a, 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 a kind of a thing for for last camp talking about that. But. Okay, so speaking of veterans, uh, you also had a chance to uh, talk of the veteran development camp goalie and Isaiah Seville. So let's uh, let's come Isaiah and and get his thoughts and then you can kind of recap uh, what that uh, whole interview was like. So here comes Isaiah Seville. This year, that, that after you've had a couple under your belt, you've been in that organization for, for a little bit than it, than, than it was when you, maybe your first one when you came in here? Uh, I mean, I mean, not really. You, you have a little bit more comfortability with the staff. Uh, you've known them for a few years now, but uh, you, you, don't, you don't come in thinking it's going to be easy. Um, you come in ready to work, set an example, be a leader, and uh, I think we've done that this week. Do you feel like you've taken on more of a, a leader role in this this camp because you are you have been in the system for a bit, especially maybe with some of these other goaltenders that are here too? Maybe I know some of them have been here too, but but just on that front. Yeah, uh, like I said, being, being my third year here, um, along with a couple of the other guys, uh, we take that responsibility of kind of uh, showing the way for those younger guys, making sure everyone stays on track, everyone's on time, uh, and making sure everyone's doing their best. Now you had a chance to be kind of around the Stanley Cup run with the Golden Knights. What was that like, just watching it? I know being the extras and just just being around the the environment, following it all all playoff long. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, it, it definitely shows you what kind of work they put in uh, to achieve that goal, and and we were fortunate enough uh, to be to be around that and be be so close. It's, it was a one, once in a lifetime opportunity for us to 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 kind of see that and, and be able to be a part. Uh, of that kind of culture, uh, see whatever it takes to, to win a Stanley Cup or a championship. So you feel like that could really help you and those that were around it to, to be around that and to kind of learn from that run and, and for yourself and your development and where you want to eventually play and everything? Yeah, for sure. I think I think getting that experience of seeing what it takes uh, gives you uh, gives you a little uh, energy to, to see what it what it really has has to be to win. And I think. Uh, we got to be so close to it and, and got to experience all the fun things that came along with it. And so uh, we were very fortunate as uh, seven or eight guys to, to be so close to it, being able to be a part of the culture, being a part of a winning team and, and get to see what it takes. Interesting. Uh, Isaiah Seville talking about that, because as you know, Stephen, uh, the Golden Knights went through a uh, carousel, if you will, of goaltenders to win that Stanley Cup. And he probably wasn't too far away on the depth chart at the very end, was he? No, I I believe it's uh, I believe after Patera it would be uh, Seville right now. Although uh, at least that, if you base it off last season, because he was in Henderson to end the season. Uh, uh, so I think, but I think he even had a little bit of an injury, but obviously got over that. But yeah, he was with the uh, extras because uh, you know when the playoffs started, of course it was uh, Brassois starting the playoffs, and then and then he goes down, so then Hill comes in, and then Quick becomes the backup, but then also Patera becomes the the third goalie, so he's obviously around, and then obviously you need another goaltender to be around in case you need another third, which is you know like an emergency backup, which is just basically another goaltender you can have in your your system. 
uh, there. So yeah, so he was he was around everything, and uh, he skated with the uh, the extras during the playoff run, which uh, I think is a great ex- experience to be around that. Even though you maybe not in the games, you're you're still kind of and you just extra time that you're practicing and getting work in, and plus you're 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 at the the home games at least the playoff run, and you see that, and and they were all, this the group was on the ice afterwards with with Seville and and Brisson, of course was a big you know part of that too, and uh, and and others that were were around after Henderson's season ended. So um, I'm sure that all helps too, having been being around that, and and obviously it it did help in Seville's case. He mentions that, and and it's just uh it's just kind of one of those things where it's just it's it's kind of an added extra. Uh, benefit of a Stanley Cup run when you have the the younger guys that are around it, uh, even if they don't play a game or practice the main team, that you're still part of that uh, that in that winning culture and environment and and stuff. You know, and and development camps have been around for a long time, but uh, it seems to me now the guys that are coming in seem to be more seasoned, more ready, um, ready to make the move a lot more than maybe in the past. And um, I think they yeah, get a lot more out true. of it. Yes, that's true. But you also can see different groups where you can see some that are still fairly on in their, in their pro development and some that are definitely further along that have have, a, that have had a camp or, or two and have had a rookie camp in, in there and stuff and, and have, had, have had a chance to play uh, already another you know, a season overseas or, you know, then when they just getting drafted at 18, 19. So you definitely see uh, the way they, you know, some of these players, they, they skate deals with their skating and you can see some are more smoother and quicker on that. And, and obviously some of the passes are more crisper for some of those that are, are more further along in, in development, but there's also the young players too, that impress and they really outside, outshine too and like i think of uh and, and he was great this year too at camp but i think of somebody like joe fleming who got a contract after his development camp last year and ended up signing a an, an entry-level deal so uh you know it's it's a pretty cool thing uh, so that that's a cool thing that you go to a camp and you just think okay well you, if you really impress and and put the skills in and you you can it can lead to something i mean you know i mean it's it happened i mean look at Look at Nick Hague. He was a draft pick, Golden Knights draft pick, twenty seventeen. He had to work his way. Went eventually in AHL and everything. Gets now he's a mainstay on the NHL roster and he's a Stanley Cup champion. So, um, it's it's really uh, it's it's development camps are important. I think you know we we spend so much time in the nuance of a season and and the, the NHL players and and following that and stuff and and uh, development camp, rookie camps. The, these are very important things that teams do. Uh, in a season, um, between a season, um, and it's uh, and it's great for for what we do because we you know we we want to give more attention to the, the younger guys and it's it's, it's uh, uh, that's why you always keep telling me there's no off season and there's no off season. Well, this is this is one reason why because it's <laughs> no hibernation season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it so these things are important and it's important for these players to get that um, to have these if they have that opportunity and. And it's important for the organizations too to see where they have in the in the future, and and um, you know it's just there's a okay, lot of two, different things with it. Two quick comments before we get to Garrett Pike, who was the rookie of the uh, development camp. Um, it, I, it's always interesting 
to see the talent that comes in, but but how developed they are through NCAA hockey. I really enjoy seeing that. Isaiah Seville, uh, Brendan Brisson, both of them uh, veterans of NCAA hockey, even if it was a year or two. Well, and, um, and Zach Whitecloud and Garrett playing the Clippers. Right. You're going to hear it just a second. He mentioned Zach Whitecloud and being being from, uh, you know, Zach Whitecloud playing at Bemidji State in NCAA ranks and coming from that and, and look at him now. So, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a great testament. It's a great testimony of how great uh, NCAA hockey is and is getting better at that so uh i guess it's a good thing that you and paul and we are, are, are <laughs> and ice hockey west are so involved in, in college see hockey. that it's that important yes and then we follow them here to the <laughs> ahl and then in the nhl and they never can get rid of us once we once you once they meet you in nca then then they yeah they're us. stuck with us man they <laughs> are stuck, stuck with, with us whether they like it or not so. okay the other thing that that I, I thought was interesting and i've heard this now from several players i hear it over and over again but brendan brisson brought it up again uh you asked him or someone what he was going to work on this summer and he said uh defensive zone play as a forward extremely important but the thing that always gets me is they always talk about their first steps and you know how i like to uh to shoot photos of face-offs because i think they're just incredibly important at every level maybe as you get up in level they even get more important but that first step uh making the first step quick going the right direction using anticipation seeing the play before it happens those are all things that separate ncaa from ahl and ahl from nhl so it's interesting when a, when a player in his first day of development camp this year comes out and says you know what the summer I've been working on my defensive play and my first steps. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's really important, and you look at you talk about faceoffs. It is an important factor of the game because obviously that can determine uh, momentum in certain cases. Whether a team that's in the offensive zone wins and and can drive the puck around and. Especially like if you're on a power play or something, or if you can win a face-off when you're defending and able to get it out and kind of st stop uh, the other team from having a chance at that moment. So, yeah, the very, it's a very important aspect of the game, and obviously, it's something that these uh, teams work on with these young prospects in camps and and uh, and and the, and the skill to it because uh, there is a skill to it, and that's why you see some players uh, they're kind of more of the face-off players because that that's their role is they as they can get in there and, and get their stick down and, and, and win more faceoffs than, than they lose. So, um, I mean, we saw in the AHL playoffs, we've talked about it after several Firebirds games where uh, maybe they lost some games because they gave up goals off faceoffs. I think it happened probably the Golden Knights uh, playoff run, even though they ended up winning the whole thing. But there were some moments there. And, and we see, yeah, we see it every year with uh, big moments where uh, a team wins a faceoff and they're able to convert on it. So. It's, it's okay, important. so let's hear from the rookie, Garrett Pike, the, uh, the young man from um, Alaska Fairbanks, now a North Dakota fighting hawk, and his first camp in Vegas. So here we go. Uh, tell me how you experienced with uh, your first NHL development camp and why, uh, and, and being here this week with the Golden Knights development camp. Yeah, it was great. You really get to see how professional it is and what a first-class organization uh, Vegas is. And also meeting all the prospects, it's been fun. There's a lot of talented players here, so getting to share the ice with them has been special. What's been kind of the highlight of it? I mean, uh, so maybe 
people that you've met, other other prospects here, um, anybody that you that you've kind of gotten to know, and just just the whole experience. Yeah, I think just the people around the ring. Um, earlier in the week, we had Bruce Kasky and guys like Phil Kessel around. So um, just being able to, to kind of share the room with them, picking their brains about what pro hockey is like is the best part. One of the highlights, too, is you got to hear from uh, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, from the, the, the Stanley Cup champion. What was that like in hearing from them, and especially since you're, you're on the defensive side, too? Yeah, no, it was, uh, that was a great learning tool for me, I think. A guy like Whitecloud, who played in the NCAA with Bemidji, um, he shared some valuable information about what helped him get to this level. So uh, just kind of soaking that in like a sponge and trying to apply it to my game. Was there extra, I guess, Juice coming. I mean, this is your first NHL event, so I'm sure there was excitement there, just because this is the Stanley Amps, and there's just a lot of buzz around this this organization right now with, with what they accomplished. I think there's a little bit of added pressure, yeah. I think um, Vegas sets the tone about how they're winning culture, and um, all of us prospects come in here and we want to um, follow their lead. Yeah, good stuff with Garrett. I know you've got a lot more uh, in the interview, but um, good stuff talking about that because uh, defensemen, Take a little longer to develop. He's uh, been very good. He wore the C, I think, last year at uh, at Fairbanks. So he's uh, he did, definitely yeah. not um, not shy when you put him on the ice. And obviously, while talking as well, he's a pretty well spoken individual. Yes, I was very impressed by that. Uh, it must have been the interview you did with him and made it prepared him for this moment <laughs> back in uh, in February. But yeah. Oh, and I was this. I was groom him just like Mason Morelli. <laughs> He's coming your way. You'll get a chance to see him as he signed a uh, pro deal with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Um, taught him everything he knows at 10 years old. Yeah, that that's, uh, <laughs> that's going to be... Uh, <laughs> You're waiting be, for them, right? You're just waiting to get Mason one-on-one and ask him if that's real. Yeah, I mean, that just shows you how, how, how long you've been around. <laughs> you've been around a, uh, a few years, but... Uh... Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks on that one. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, he had uh, Pike had uh, 19 points uh, last year with Fairbanks as the captain. He had 19 points the year before that, uh, which is pretty good for defenseman. Had 15 assists, four goals in 34 games. Um, you know, so he's he's really had a good. And then the rest of the the video, which which people will see at some point, uh, he t- asked him about his time in Alaska Fairbanks and. And, uh, and, and, you know, just missing the NCAA tournament because they were right on the cusp. They didn't get a spot, obviously, but they were, they were pretty close to getting in. And, uh, you know, just... Oh, not, not only were they close to getting in, my friend, they sat on pins and needles for about two weeks when their season was over and they could do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah. Watching other teams play and, and move up and move into spots that they thought was theirs, yeah. it, it was brutal. I'm sure it was brutally tough on Garrett as well. Yeah, and so and so now he's going to be going to uh, Minnesota, which has got a, a which is a team obviously that has a lot of history at the NCAA level, and and uh, he gets an opportunity to oh, the beauty of the portal, the transfer portal, my <laughs> the friend. Transfer portal is really uh, yeah, it's really changed things, but uh, but yeah, he he's played uh, he's played three seasons, uh, so he's got a, his fourth season, so I guess he could play a fifth season. I, I I was thinking only one year left, but I guess he could play a fifth season because there I guess there's an extra year in there still from from COVID times so. With, it's interesting that he ended up in Vegas. So that yeah. tells me there was some scouting going on. Yeah, I should have um, asked him about that. Like, how did he end up at the camp? That would have been a that would have been a good question to ask. You know, sometimes you do these interviews, you think of good questions after the fact. But well, you can't ask him everything. I mean, you the questions. I get it, but yeah, five um, minutes or so. He didn't want to much of his time. You know, they're just they had just finished scrimmaging and they're getting ready to be done and stuff. So he didn't want to take up too much of their time. So get him for about five or so minutes. And, 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's about what you're going to get at the pro level. That's just uh, the bottom line. Um, but anyway, it was it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I wonder so, how he ended up in Vegas. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how he – and it's obviously people were, were watching him this year and uh, were intrigued by – by him and invited him to camp. This was like a is he not just a, almost a carbon copy of Zach Whitecloth? <laughs> I mean, he's he's uh, like I said, this is his first uh, development camp uh, for an NHL team, so uh, it's uh, that's got to be exciting too to have that. And uh, but is he not Stephen like a almost a replica of Zach Whitecloth and the the way that he, he the path that he took and the defensive part of it and what he does on the ice. Yeah, I mean it's it seems that way, and it could be. And it's I think it's a great, uh, great thing for for him to have heard from Zach Whitecloud uh, and Nick Cage uh, from camp during the week, and and being able to to hear that and uh, and and hear his experiences and stuff. Uh, obviously, coming from NCA ranks too, and I'm sure uh, Garrett uh, Pike uh, enjoyed uh, hearing that and stuff. So um, it's. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great uh, it's, it's a great model to follow if you can have the same success that Zach Whitecloud has had um, now being on this uh, this team, uh, being on a main Stanley NHL team and and being a Stanley Cup champion. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, not a bad uh, not a bad uh, not a bad roadmap. Not a bad <laughs> roadmap. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some of the coaching hires. We've got a couple of them to talk about, and then we'll talk about some of the other development camps and some of the transactions that happened. It was uh, less than a week ago that free agency opened, and a lot of things have happened. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner, best of Las Vegas award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, Call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Who's old now? After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 
592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 480-687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Serenity with you tonight in Palm Springs, California. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me before hibernation. There will be no hibernation. Uh, from that beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, Stephen, we got through your part of the development camp thing, um, being with the Stanley Cup champions. As I mentioned in the open, we've got a whole bunch more coming up and lots more to talk about over the next uh, month or so with free agents, team-making uh changes, signing guys, people moving from one AHL team to another, one NHL team to another. Uh, it's a uh, How am I gonna keep up with complete carousel. <laughs> no, that's why there'll be no hibernation. Anyway, uh, so we'll we'll continue on with that. But uh, before we get into that, let's talk about some of the coaching changes because you had one right there in Henderson that was announced, uh, what, last week, last Friday? Or uh, last Wednesday, I guess. And uh, they had the press conference Friday. Uh, we got some video from as well. We put some out on social media already. Um, the Colorado Eagles uh, brought on a new head coach. Of course, earlier in the year, uh, the uh, San Diego Gulls got a new coach. We don't know yet. I don't believe in Calgary, do we? Uh, who's going to replace Mitch Love? I haven't seen anything with that yet. So that, that position is still open. Uh, so we'll see what they do with that. Maybe they just promote one of the assistants to be the head coach or or if they uh, bring somebody entirely new in uh, to, to do that. but uh, So let's start with Henderson. Ryan Craig gets the job. Your thoughts? Yeah, like we talked about last week, I think it's, it's, a, uh, it's a great move for both sides. I think for Ryan Craig, who has a desire to be a coach, uh, a head coach of, of an NHL team someday, and this is the next, uh, I think, progression for him. It's, it's a little bit, um, I guess, easier to get your feet wet at a head coaching position uh, at the AHL uh, before you get an opportunity at the NHL level where there's not a lot of openings, although it seems like there's openings every year now with coaches coming and going as they do. But uh, with Ryan Craig being with the Golden Knights for six years uh, through three different coaches, um, you know, relationship with Kelly McCrim and, uh, and, and McPhee, I think helped with that obviously. But, uh, but I think, you know, capping it off with a Stanley Cup championship, I think it's the the Henderson positioning opening up when they didn't renew uh, Manny Viveros' contract and they parted ways. So it's uh, a, an opportunity presented itself to kind of to get in, take this opportunity and and uh, you know the impression you got from hearing the press conference last week and 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 it talk you know hearing from Kelly McCrimmon and Tim Speltz and and for Ryan Craig too. It's uh, it just felt right. I think Tim Speltz specifically said when it when it feels right, it is and it certainly was because uh, you know they. They had this idea in the back of their mind that maybe, hey, we can. Steven, I think we lost you there for a moment. Okay, so until we get him back, <laughs> I will continue on. Uh, it, the technology, folks, it's incredible. That's why we love it. <laughs> But anyway, um, we're doing 
he gets his connection restored or we get him restored, we'll, we'll jump back into that conversation with Ryan Craig. I know uh, also we had uh, a new head coaching position um, from the uh, Colorado Eagles as, of course, Greg Cronin moved on um, to the uh, the NHL ranks as the head coach for the um, Anaheim Ducks. And he was replaced by his longtime assistant and uh, actually an ECHL coach um, that was um, – he, he's been around forever. I'm going to get his name right here in just a sec. Uh, Aaron Schneekloff is is a new head coach for the Colorado Eagles. Um, the Eagles put out their tweet. They call it elevating the tradition, uh, bringing in an assistant coach or bringing up assistant coach. Stephen, your thoughts on Aaron Schneekloth, if I have you back? Well, I don't have him back. I thought I did. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, Coach uh, has been around and working under uh, um, the dip- two different staffs, I guess, maybe three, last 10 seasons on the Eagles coaching staff. They won two championships as well as an ECHL head coach. So he's no stranger to uh, – the Colorado organization, he's certainly no stranger to um, winning, uh, whether it be at the ECHL level or the AHL level. Um, done a fantastic job. Cal Albert native. Uh, did finish runner-up for the ECHL Coach of the Year, both of his campaigns, which is pretty impressive. And uh, it sounds like the Colorado Eagles are very excited to bring him aboard. And, um, you know, still relatively young. He's only 45, um, or will turn 45, I guess, and just a couple of weeks, uh, July 15th. But um, it's exciting to see these guys get a chance to move around and move up, uh, whether it be in the AHL or in the NHL. Um, getting back to Ryan Craig's story a little bit, it's uh, it's different that you go from an NHL head coach to an AHL head coach. But maybe that's what he needed in his progression. Maybe he felt like that was the right step to be able to be um, the captain of your own ship as you might say, to um, to be able to prepare yourself for ultimately that, that big goal, the head coach of an NHL franchise. And you know what? Uh, if you're learning from the Vegas Golden Knights, that's not a bad spot to be in. So that certainly is something I, I know working to get Steven back on. We don't quite have him yet, but um, yeah, you know, I, I will I, ramble on. I, I just, Are you there? I just think if, <laughs> if you um, – I, I, see, I started my hybrid low <laughs> That's what happened, I think. But uh, you know, I think with um, if you do, I think <laughs> if they hadn't won the Stanley Cup, they might have. Maybe they would have not made the change. But I think you know that that kind of maybe Ryan Craig didn't have anything left to prove at that level as an assistant coach with the Golden Knights. Finally got a, that team and stuff. So I think it's a it's a great opportunity for him to to get this look at a, at a head coaching position at the and at the at the H level, but also being able to do it in the same organization and in the same city, which you wouldn't you don't even have to to leave, you don't have to move, which is great. He, he even talked about that that this was this is going to be the longest that it's been in, in for this family professionally in the in the in, in hockey, and uh, he said it's it's become home. Vegas has become home and stuff, and, and uh, so. Well, as I was commenting, Stephen, that the interesting part of it is you don't often see an NHL assistant coach go down to be an AHL head coach, but maybe in in he him looking at himself and self evaluating, he thought, you know what, maybe I need to completely run the show 
as a head coach to, to get that one missing piece. I'm not saying there was one. I'm just saying that possibly <clears throat> that could be the reason he to, to get that check that box, if you will, of being the guy at the top of the food chain, if you will, at the AHL level in order to prepare himself for an NHL job. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that is the ultimate goal. I'm sure for a lot of people is to be uh, an NHL coach. And, and, uh, and so he, he will be, you know, just another put pat on the resume that now he's going to be a head coach at an, at an AHL team. And, and if he has a lot of success there, it could lead to uh, a future head coach. I mean, we see a lot of coaches go from the AHL head coach to uh, an NHL head coach. We do see a lot of them go from being AHL head coaches to NHL assistant coaches. So it's kind of yeah, it is going to be kind of kind of interesting uh, in that regard that he's going from being an NHL assistant to an AHL head coach. But but again, I think. I think, uh, and, and who knows? And, and somebody joked about this today. I was, I was yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Matt. We're kind of losing you in and out again. But, um, I get the gist of what you're saying. Come <laughs> in early. <laughs> We're going to get your connection fixed, I promise. But anyway, um, as we uh, <laughs> as we ramble on with. Um, watching players going and one interesting one i believe happened either today or, or yesterday I'm, the day is running together on me here but adam cracknell coming from tucson back to vegas or with henderson now and uh kind of coming full, as you mentioned yes that is that is very inter that is very uh cool to see that um hopefully you can hear me now but uh yes that is very uh very cool to see that uh adam cracknell is back here in in vegas or henderson as you said and and gonna be with the silver knights uh probably towards the tail end of his career i would think i mean this guy's been around i i was going to echl games here when the Wranglers were here and he was playing that was like 07 08 which is where he pretty much his first full person started with that and uh you know he's I, I call him the uh you know so you know there's a song that's i've been everywhere well he's the i've been everywhere man because uh, he's he seems like he's been He's been everywhere, so um, you know that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting thing that. These well, I know, and with. I know he played a vital role. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I know he played a vital role in Tucson, uh, talking with Steve Potvin and what he brought to the table, and certainly what he brought to their younger guys. I know when Josh Stone came in, uh, he kind of took him under his wing, taught him the uh, the professional ranks. And how to play, and uh, and played on a line with Josh uh, for a good majority of the playoff run and the uh, end of the regular season for Tucson. Yeah, I mean when you're when you've played as long as he has, and this has a lot of experience, you become a a leader for whatever team you're on, and and I'm sure it'll be the same with uh, with Henderson. It's another interesting thing too because uh, Ryan Craig and Adam Cracknell played together. Uh, that's always odd that is always so, odd isn't it and i wanted to add and i didn't think about this till after ryan craig spoke uh, after camp today and and and, and uh, i didn't ask him that and there'll be opportunities to ask him when the when camp starts up again here in a couple of months uh ooh, gosh a couple of months that's a seem like it's coming up fast but uh yeah i mean it's it's interesting now that they, they played each, together at one point and now craig will be coaching uh, crack now 
Um, so that's going to be kind of interesting there. But and, and maybe and and maybe that partly played into the decision why Cracknell decided to come to Henderson. Maybe saw that Craig was becoming the coach, and then you know with wheels were turning, maybe they reached out to him or he reached out. I don't know how that sort of thing work and and uh, and say, hey, I want to go to go to Henderson, and and maybe maybe the thought that hey, I played here at the start of my pro career, now I get an opportunity to play here again. Uh, you know, it won't be, it'll be in Henderson, of course, not in Vegas with New Orleans, but but still, it'll be you know be kind of cool to be back in in Vegas. He did get to play games as a visitor when the Silver Knights were at the Orleans, so that was kind of cool at that point. But now he'll be back in Vegas again, and and uh, I keep thinking, how many more years does he have left? Does he have one or two more years left? So I, this is going to be his last stop on the on the uh, the the journey for him. And uh, how cool is that when he started uh, his first? Full pro season here in Vegas in the ECHL, and and now he may finish it at the AHL level in Henderson. So that's kind of cool. So you wonder if that factored in. Plus, like I said, playing the Craig made became in the coach. If that that maybe wanted him to. Even, I, I would guess more. it would be. He's a great leader too, and uh, if you have somebody you can know and trust for years, it doesn't hurt to bring them on board. Um, getting back to the Colorado Eagles, I don't know how much you heard of me talking about uh, Aaron Schneekloth. Uh, coming on board. Uh, here's some interesting things about him, Stephen. He retired in 2013, 10 years ago, as an Eagles all-time leading uh, leader in points with 356. Him, I remember watching him some when, when the Eagles were in the, <laughs> and Wranglers were still here in the ECHL and the Eagles had, had just come into the right? league and, and he was playing as a player. And, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so then he retired in 2013. And, and, uh, yeah. and but, but listen to this, 356 points. 111 goals, 245 assists by a defenseman uh, who also won an NCAA championship with, guess who, the University of North Dakota in 2000. So um, talk about elevating from within, and I, I joked about that. That's what the uh, Eagles said, uh, e elevating from within, I believe is a quote that they had. But um, he's he's been around not only as a player, but also as a coach in this organization. And uh, if you're going to try to transition from a Greg Cronin-run team, no better person to bring on than, than uh, Aaron Schneekloff. Yes, I mean, he's been with the Eagle organization since 2006, going back to their Central Hockey League days, and, of course, the ECHL, and then, then the AHL. And uh, he was, he's got a couple of championships as a coach. He was the uh, head coach of the Eagles' back-to-back -back ECHL uh, Kelly Cup championship teams in 16, 17, and 17, and 18, and then, he became an assistant coach under Greg Cronin for the last five years. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> this is kind of an interesting thing. He was the head coach when they were at the ECHL level, won a couple of championships there. Then he becomes an assistant with Greg Cronin coming in, and it's, of course, at the AHL level. And then Greg Cronin leaves, and now Aaron Sleekoff is now going to be the head coach again, this time as an AHL team. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I just love and, and I'm sorry. I... So, the hockey thing, the whole hockey circle is just kind of – it's just kind of – funny like that sometimes how it all pans out how some of these pasts happen uh you know with with the connections or you know exactly Popvin, he was the head coach and then he then they brought in another guy and he, then he went to become an assistant you know you talk about a guy that you know just he's just there to do his job and then then they say okay we'll go back to Popvin, and now pop is the head coach again in, in tucson so i mean you know it's it's kind of yeah no kidding it, all it's different, strange all different circumstances how that all came to be but it's still kind of interesting some of those things out though absolutely and and i got it wrong it's elevating the tradition is what uh, the colorado eagles put out on their uh 
uh, their tweet uh, and also on their press release. Uh, so congratulations to Aaron for getting that uh, position. I'm sure he'll do a fantastic job, and it'll be fun interacting with him again uh, this year as uh, as he takes the Colorado Eagles to hopefully the next level. Um, we'll find out. As I mentioned, there was uh, things going on in um, – and these camps run almost simultaneous, but not quite. Um, tomorrow will be the end, I think, of the Ducks camp with a scrimmage, and then – uh, the uh, Los Angeles Kings and the Ontario Reign are just starting there. There's, today was their first day, I believe. So they'll have uh, four or five days of that. But really interesting, a lot of Coachella Firebirds um, were up in Seattle. Um, so we, we hear a little bit about that um, and, and all kinds of good things. But one thing I also wanted to, to mention was, um, you know, with these guys that are out to, to perform, you also see some guys that um, – and you put this out today, a picture of Logan Thompson. He said Logan Thompson sighting today. Yeah, that was so, that was uh, uh, that was yesterday, but yeah. Oh, okay, yesterday. I bet everybody's pretty excited about that, I bet. <laughs> well, yeah, that was an interesting thing. I, I put that on, on my Twitter because I didn't know exactly what the reaction did when I didn't want it to be on the pro hockey one because I wasn't sure what kind of reaction that would be. But uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to get that out there and um, and uh, put that out there. But, yeah, a lot of people liked that tweet. And, uh, and there were some comments there on the, on the other side of things because there's been some stuff about Logan Thompson that's been out there lately. But uh, it seems like it's all – positive now and, and and stuff but there's still some people that might might think differently about logan thompson but yeah it was great for t to be out there uh yesterday to get some, help him get some work into it because he's still trying to get back to 100 percent and and uh it's a good opportunity when you have this camp going on uh, to, to have that and of course he's he's still a pretty young guy himself and and him and isaiah seville have a pretty good relationship from what from what i got gathered from talking to seville the uh the other day yesterday i guess it was and uh, so, yeah, I think it was it was great to to have him out there and probably help the goaltenders a little bit too. So um, that was uh, that was great to see and and uh, yeah, another cool thing. It's it's so interesting because each team does these camps differently. They they're not it's not like one set way you need to do a camp. You know, the Golden Knights changed it up a little bit this year because they did a they did a scrimmage the the second day and the last day. I think the prior years they've done it on the fourth. They've they've one year I think they've done three scrimmages from what I, from what I've been told. And then the other years, you know, it was I think they did it on the, the fourth day and the sixth day. So they didn't do it till later in the camp. This time they did one in the the second day, which everyone acknowledged. You know, it was the second day, so it didn't quite go as there wasn't as much scoring in that one. And then there was the one here on the last day, which was more competitive and had more, more goals. So. Um, yeah, and then the Ducks are doing something differently. They're doing like a three-on-three thing, and, and theirs is being operated a little bit differently. And Kings, I'm sure, will do s- something similar, but maybe we'll do handle it a differently a little bit and how they deal with the sessions and, and get these guys training in and stuff and get the work in that they need to get in. So um, that's what's unique about it too is there's not like a, a set regimented way that has to be done. And so each team – has their own little spin on it of what they think is best for their, for, for what they need to see and what the players in their organization that are invited to those camps will benefit from. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, all the teams uh, doing different things, as you said. You look at the Arizona Coyotes up at the Ice Den in Scottsdale and uh, Josh Doan getting a really place. good look again. Your favorite place, the Ice Den Scottsdale. <laughs> oh, stop it. This uh, but the Coyotes getting their work in up there. Of course, the Wranglers uh, and the Flames 
doing their thing together. Um, Kyler Yamamoto coming back to play uh, for Seattle. Uh, one time, Seattle Metropolitan, as a kid, I was uh, was thrilled by them. Um, he said it's a dream come true to come back and play in Seattle. And, boy, Coachella Valley is uh, – and, and this is one thing I think we should clarify, too. A lot of these teams, a lot of the fans, especially in the new markets, are not sure about uh, how this is all working, right? I mean, you fall in love with a player, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Well, this is a building process, and I know we've talked about it before. I think we need to remind people about that again, too. Uh, this is a building process, and these guys will come and go. And uh, you really should fall in love with your team and the players that are on it because, you know, they're going to come and go. Uh, we'll see a bunch of it again this year with the AHL teams. Uh, some guys that you really like will be your opponent this year. Yeah, you, you really see it at the, the AHL level. There's so much... Uh, movement uh, on a year basis because uh, a lot of these these deals are one year deals or or you know and, and they're they're moving around the veteran guys or whatever even the younger guys and I mean look at the moves of Henderson I mean, I mean they lose Jermaine Lowen he's now with Pittsburgh you know they signed Crack now uh, you know the the Silver Knights do as you met, we talked about and and they get other players because they want to get more veteran guys and so they you know like a couple years ago they lost Ben Jones you know so those guys from Henderson I mean it's it's the roster is going to look a lot different. It's a lot going to look different in in Coachella Valley. You know, it's going to look different in uh, San Diego and and Abbotsford. I mean, we we see movements in the NHL. We saw a lot of free agent moves in the NHL, but it's not as common. I mean, certainly you talked about uh, the team thing. I mean, Golden Knights having to trade away Riley Smith, an original uh, Golden Knight uh, misfit. Uh, so that I'm sure was tough for fans. But I think maybe it's a little bit easier because they got a Stanley Cup finally, so maybe it seems like it's it's a satisfactory thing. But still, going to be tough for some people to not have him here next year. Uh, but again, because it's still a relatively young franchise, six years, and there's going to come a time where there's going to be no original guys left. I mean, that's going to happen. But we're down to five now. There's nobody in the coaching staff that's going to be left because even Misha Donska now is not with the Golden Knights and one of the other original. Uh, coaches uh development people so he he's going to be gone so uh there'll be two new assistants there so yeah i mean it's it's part of the business of hockey and seattle is obviously a newer franchise so their players are going to come and go there and of course their ahl teams are, are really uh teams that get affected by that uh changes in within the organizational things and players going to other teams where they might get a better opportunity to to play and maybe ultimate goal to get to the nhl so yeah a lot of lot of movements uh, at the ahl level uh for sure. So yeah, it, it's important to realize for these fans not to get too attached to the players. Um, you know, every year we seem like we talk about a this player is going back to playing a uh, a former team of this and that and stuff. So it's it's just the nature of the AHL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have some more to talk about. We'll do it in other shows, obviously. Uh, but um, does that mean the, no more hibernation for another week? Uh, no, the the free agency uh, and all of that stuff. Uh, the guys made moves the guys that have been traded you've mentioned a few of them um of course it's some of the guys keep, Steven, it's keep us and, all busy all summer with shows i know i know and here's one of the things i think we'll try to touch on uh, down the road is there's some veteran guys that are coming back to uh help their teams you know who i'm talking about right up in in uh, san jose a guy coming back on the player development side of things and we're seeing yeah, more and more Patrick of that Brown. yeah we're seeing more and more of that and I think that's Brian extremely Getzlaff important. Is another example. Yes. He's involved now on yep. the duck side and 
on that development side or, or or some sort of role within that sort of thing. So you're seeing that these guys that have played a long time in the league are now going to uh, take on another role and uh, and still want to be involved and uh, and give back in a sense to the franchises that they've spent a lot of time in this regard and 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 try to help the next batch, the next generational batch of of young talent to get their opportunity maybe to on the San Jose Sharks or the Ducks or whatever NHL team or whatever. Yep, totally agree with you. Um, and then the other thing I do want to mention, there's been a couple announcements made here in uh, Coachella Valley about uh, the NHL coming here. The Ducks and the uh, the Coyotes will play an exhibition game here. So uh, they're challenging um, their Coachella Valley Firebird fans to come out and support NHL hockey as well. So all kinds of crazy things happen, little, and we'll talk about it all. That's a little. That was a little strange to me that that because it's the Ducks and the and the Kings, right? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, but it, so du- no, Ducks and Coyotes. Ducks and Coyotes, but they're playing in Akershire, which is kind of interesting that they wouldn't that the it's not even the not not even affiliated with any of those teams, but that's but it's still in Southern California, so that's kind of cool. And and uh, yeah, for the Coyotes, obviously, uh, they need they need places to play. I'm sure in the preseason, so it's a it's a good opportunity for them to play in a ten thousand seat arena, uh, which is certainly six thousand more than they get in their uh, in their home rink right now. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't pass that up, <laughs> could you? <laughs> I, I couldn't. But you uh, know what? Uh, there's some promising news about the counties, and maybe we could spend one whole show on this because they've got some ideas of where they might be able to put a, a stadium, an arena there. So yeah, okay. And they sent five guys from development camp out today <laughs> to the. Uh, the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks game. Logan Cooley oh, threw out the first pitch tonight. So uh, did he throw right down the middle first strike? I think he might have. I didn't see that, but I see Josh Doan in the picture and Dylan Gunther and a couple other uh, top picks with the uh, with the Coyotes. So who knows? Maybe they will find a home in Arizona. Tongue in cheek. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Maybe. Take so. it away, my friend. Uh, the other thing too, before I get to the, the closing read, is that the uh, the AHL schedules we're still waiting for those to come out officially too. So um, those will come out, I think, soon. I was talking to Brian McCormick a little bit during camp today and asked him when he thought that the schedules would be released, and it may seem like it'd be going to be like maybe next week or the week after. So uh, those should be coming out really soon, I would think, because what we're like ninety some days or so to, uh, to <laughs> when we're getting close to those seasons starting. So we we've those are usually out by now. So I'm sure those will be coming out. Uh, Really soon. I, think I, w- I would guess the first part of next week would be my we, guess right after development got, camp's done. We've got when the, the first games were going to be. I think home openers, I think, started to come out, but not necessarily who they were playing or, or the full schedule. So those should be coming out uh, pretty soon. So we'll look for those, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a show. We'll talk about that. So you're just going to find ways to keep me out of hibernation, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. That won't be hard. <laughs> okay. From the Tech Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Builderford, although, of course, we know what happened there, so we, we wish them well there. But you go to their Henderson location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, so support them. They really need it right now. Behind the Mask. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. Whether you play online or in line, Caesar Sportsbook app. Play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesar's Rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pine and Queen Creek. Order online at the Spaghetti Shack 
topgolf.com. Topgolf, go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza, since 1978, better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well then, my friend. I will say as well, we are just uh, less than 600 uh, downloads away from 40,000. So that's uh, a milestone mark. We'd like to see a lot more, obviously. So we'll continue to uh, provide you with good content. We appreciate everybody listening and downloading and telling their friends. We'll say goodnight for Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. And uh, have more for you next week on the Pro Hockey West Report. Good night, everybody.